What's the name of the song again? Fanfare for the Common Man. Fanfare is one word, yeah. There we go. So many good, so many good performances. Yeah, get that London Symphony one. Um, That's the, that one right this there. One right here. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is that him right there? It looks like him. Yeah, that's dope. It's like immediately, it's cool. Yeah. Gongs. I I do love that. Like in classical music, you're like percussion is about the decay of the sound, not just the attack. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, something we've lost a little bit with modern hip hop. Like you drums. have to. It's even mixed differently. Yeah. I know this is so so epic. This has been in movies, right? Yeah, a million. It's like a really famous piece of like music. Um, it was like an Olympics theme, I think. Mm. It's also the theme, the the walkout music for Jimmy the King. Oh my god! And Ready to Rumble. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so much of my life is about that. Is in that movie. I know. Man, nobody can write a, f- a fucking weird melody like Aaron Copeland that mm-hmm. sounds like classical and folk music got married in a way that they were both happy about. <laughs> <laughs> Such cool harmonies. Yeah, and the French horns. Yeah, yeah. such a yeah it like kind of feels like an american is about to fight in the kumite blood sport tournament dude oh my god i love blood sport me too it's a great movie (laughs) i love that movie (laughs) we will have to save that that podcast for the patreon best movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean aaron copeland is capable of ripping out a human heart yeah and just stopping somebody's breath dude remember when he's doing the split on the chairs (laughs) that's his move (laughs) ooh there it is yeah little bass clarinet yeah we're getting brassy yeah. now. There's some trombones in there. It's like this is a classical composer who really respected the advancements of like harmony and stuff from jazz music, but was like, I'm gonna instead of like having a jazz part, I'm just gonna take elements of the jazz band that I like. And right. Like, try to make it say something unique. Also that at the end, that chord's fucking cool. I like this good, like thought-provoking ending. Feels very ha- Hans in my. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's even very Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Howard Shore. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to listen to this, a podcast in which we explore songs we like, we, re- we research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. This is like not really a song. I mean, it's got a tune to it. It's it's a it's an epic piece of music called "Fanfare for the Common Man" by Aaron Copeland. 
um, originally written in 1942 for the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, mm. also known as the Skyline Chili Orchestra. No way. No, no, I just I made that say, right. no way. <laughs> this, this performance was an instant smash and has worked its way since into many, many U.S. and British cultural productions, yeah. films, television shows, and etc., it was inspired by a speech made by then Vice President Henry A. Wallace, who proclaimed the dawning of the century of the common man. In May 1942, Wallace had given the acclaimed common man speech. Some have spoken of the American century. I say that the century on which we are entering, the century which will come out of this war, can be and must be the century of the common man. Oh, wow. Which is pretty interesting. That's pretty intense. I don't know if it really happened, but it, but maybe. Oh, it definitely didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I was no, it went, say. The, it went the other way. <laughs> Eugene Gossens, who is the conductor of the Cincinnati Orchestra, wanted to use a piece of fanfare to introduce the orchestra's big summer concert. A total of 18 pieces were submitted, but he fell in love with Copeland's Courage in Space, which is like such a cool thing to think about. Um, as a musician, we like... We think that we always have to be making music to make someone feel some things, but sometimes it's it's by creating space within the music that we can make the biggest feelings. Right. Which is like a really hard thing to learn, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, you're giving people an opportunity to think about the space instead yeah. of just like constantly attacking them with sound. Yeah. It's like within these gaps of time, people have moments of introspection yeah i think that's where it comes from. that's where the music hits harder and like this idea of like creating space in a composition like does that exist in a similar idea in terms of like the recording process or mixing like in like in like terms of like classical production i would say just just anything just any idea of like the this idea of like space you're like oh sometimes if i let a chord ring out or like if i hold the first note of a of a solo like it makes the rest of what i say better like does this idea like exist within like how you record me Absolutely, ever. absolutely. It's it's just a shame that it's not used as much because there is like such a it's like music is so competitive yeah. that you have like today's you know pop yeah. popular music is so competitive with just your, your attention grabbing mm-hmm. because we're stuck in the playlist wars yeah where people are gonna only gonna listen to your song for about fifteen to twenty seconds before I know they it's push bullshit. next. Yeah. If you only listen to fifteen seconds of this song, you might not even get to that fucking French horn line. I know, and that just like. You know, it it makes me have to change my pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's uh, the world we live in, though, yeah. you know, of like popular. I mean, when you get into like <laughs> more niche music of yeah, bands and stuff, like there is a lot of space and stuff being But used. it's tough. Like our culture does like really reward like saying a lot all the time. Yeah. And like it is it is kind of disappointing because like a piece of music like this like shows you and really all the Aaron Copeland compositions really show you like you're smarter than you think as a listener, which is kind of like what what I hope to accomplish with the podcast too, like showing yeah. people like, you know more than you think about music, just like work through it a little bit. Yeah, just take a second to sit down yeah. and just listen to it and think about it. Damn, see, this is what a good piece of music can do. It not only is fun to listen to, it can make you think differently about the world. Yeah. So like, shout out to Aaron Copeland. Um, Gossens, the conductor of the orchestra, suggested that the title for the song was would would be Fanfare for Soldiers. 
kind of a yeah i mean it is kind of like an epic like it does have like if, if this could be like in a war film yeah, yeah. we mentioned like it could be like in a fight film a wrestling it, film wrestling film yeah <laughs> because like it it does have like this sense of like overcoming yeah. some sort of obstacle you it's know? like the quiet confidence in the face yeah. of resilience you're exactly. like i've got this shit um but copeland said that was a bad title and he came back with fanfare for the common man i like the much title. better title yeah, i think it's yeah. great according to gossens of the title quote its title is as original as its music yeah. end quote which is like really like serious compliment yeah no it's, i think it's great yeah. um i didn't i i know aaron copeland only like because of you yeah and i know he's had a lot of like thing a lot of his compositions become famous staples of like american yeah. like there's these songs he's created that we all know as americans because they're used in so many movies television yeah. and all this stuff but we just don't know about it, you know? Well, this now is, we can put a name with these compositions. Yeah, well, what I wanted to talk about with Aaron Copeland is what's really cool about him is he is like, he to me, he's like the truest and best bridge between classical music from, you know, the, the canon of what we think of as classical music, like the European shit, basically. Yeah, Western classical yeah. music. And, yeah. he, and he's like a part of that tradition. Like he studied with um, Natalie... Uh, Bolianger, I think is her name. She's like taught Claude Debussy, like about harmony. Oh, so nice. he like is yeah, part. Yeah. He's like really close to the source there, and like, but what he really does is he he's like the true link between that and like the American spirit, and that and by that I mean like American folk music, right? So like his like Copeland's most famous piece is definitely um, Appalachian Spring, mm-hmm. which has like shaker hymn hymnal melodies like within it, and he was really good at fusing these two things, and like I feel like we. There's such a big chasm now between classical music and popular folk music among in America. You know right. what I mean? Like think about like uh Robert Spano, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, like collaborating with uh Twenty One Savage. Right. Like it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> but it should. Right. And like somebody can make this happen. Right. I don't know why they haven't, but I was gonna ask you, like, do you think classical music and folk music can coexist? I absolutely. I think they can coexist better than any other genre of music. What? You don't say. You don't say. You don't say. Because there's something organic about folk music that is shares the same organicness, it's not really a word, with classical music. You know, it's like real music created by people using these wooden things. Yeah. So it's like they share a lot of the same. It's, yeah, it's funny now that like class, like a big symphony orchestra, for example, and like uh, this is performed by a symphony orchestra, but doesn't have like the strings and all that shit. But like a big symphony orchestra seems like the most hoity-toity shit out there. But like now with the advent of computers, it almost feels like more intimate and like folky. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're that's like, what I'm trying to get. You're like, at, oh, but... it's real people playing instruments. Yeah. Whereas before it was like well-schooled musicians, which it still is. Yeah. I, but it's like it. It is funny how it feels more real now because yeah. like there's not a bunch of computers and shit going on. No. So like Luke, how would you like? How would you record like this en- ensemble? Because it's almost all horns and just percussion. Yeah, recording classical music. It's it's a whole different ball game with like then recording other types of music so much so that um people that typically work in like classical don't yeah. work in and people that do regular work technically don't really work a lot in classical because they're the standards are so different classical recording is all about making sure you are interpreting the sound as clearly as possible yeah. to how it is 
in the setting that you're in. As opposed to being like, I like the fucking performance of that timpani. Let's turn that up. Right. No, yeah. it's, it's none of that. <laughs> so a lot of times, like these play, these, these symphonies are playing like in their home field, whatever. Like yeah. if, if London's playing in, you know, at, at London Symphony Hall yeah, or whatever, yeah. the recording would take place there in Symphony Hall. And um, usually you are, microphones are set up on, to capture the whole ensemble. I don't know if it's really about like spot micing things, yeah, or just like, like you do like in film scores. Well, because they're so good at um, that's why the conductors playing there. together, yeah. That like basically, if you're like sitting anywhere in that room, like you should be hearing something similar to this, especially with a piece where like it, it it does feel like some of the instruments are like in each other's ranges, but it also feels like there's enough separation between everything. Yeah, and it's also that could like be the performance. Because if you think about how an orchestra is set up, like everyone's sitting, they have their different sections, and that's kind of like your panning. Mm-hmm. That's like exactly your, that's like yeah. your stereo field. Like your violins are over here, your violas are over here, brass over here, timpanis, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's already like the stereo field is already panned for you. Yeah, that's really cool to think about. Yeah, and now the conductor is doing all the leveling. Damn, I miss going to that fuck. Atlanta Symphony, yeah. Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. I saw him play this. It was epic as shit. Yeah. It's almost like hearing a mix in real time. Yeah, like exactly. The conductor is mixing. Oh, because, you know, the craziest thing about symphony is, is the musicians that play. Yeah, they can't like, really hear each other. They can't hear each other. Yeah. Like, if you're in the violin section, you can't hear what's going on in Dude, the trombone have you, section. have you ever, like, tried to hear fucking anything when there's a trumpet playing next to your head? Just like blasting. You <laughs> yeah. Or, like, a violin. There's no way you can hear, yeah. like, a dude plucking a bass. Like, 40 feet in the other direction yeah or like the chimes yeah other chimes gotta hear I wonder, that yeah i wonder if the people behind the trumpets are like man like i Fuck fucking this hate this yeah, job yeah like <laughs> um i just want to get into some of the quick musical elements because like so a lot of times people and myself included when i hear classical music i'm like no this sounds like a horn i don't know how many like, those sounds like strings like what the hell is going on and i did, did a little research um, Copeland's fanfare was written for four English horns, mm-hmm. three trumpets, three trombones, tuba, timpani, bass drum, and the tam-tam, which nice. I don't know anything about that. I don't know what it is, but it, it sounds cool. It was like a type of like Jewish cracker, I remember, oh, wow. that that I, they would eat when I was like good at studying Torah. I would get them. <laughs> I think maybe they were called Tim-tams, oh, but, gotcha. I, but I don't think it's the same That's thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Make sure to rate and review us. It really helps the algorithm just get get loose. Also, make sure to tell your friends about this podcast in real life. We're on Instagram and Patreon. We also have a playlist on Spotify with all the songs from this season. Let us know how we're doing and what songs you want us to do episodes about. Thanks so much for listening to this.